Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good evening, folks. It's time for your Thursday evening edition of It's News to Us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories. And actually, the potential top story is one that we won't have on air yet and uh, may have tomorrow morning. I don't know what time. I'm still working to firm up details a little bit, but uh, there are reports among the national media folks that Tim Kaine is going to make his uh, Senate campaign announcement tomorrow as to whether or not he will actually have one so and you have some sort of inkling that it could go one way or another well i'm seeing some reports from the national media folks who mind you you know he he spends a lot of his time up in washington that not that he's not available to the uh to the richmond folks but uh you know obviously the 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 washington folks are a little more plugged in on stuff like this there are some suggestions that he may not um may not uh decide to run in 2024 and we'll see how that goes then. Uh, that will certainly open the door for a lot of possibilities if he decides not to run. And, you know, even if he does decide to run on the Republican side, who would who would challenge him? Right. right. I mean, I mean, I'm already seeing people say, hey, uh, if he doesn't run, then I've got to believe that uh, Governor Youngkin runs on the Republican side. Um, instead if he of doesn't pursuing, run for president. Yeah. Per, instead of pursuing a run for president, you know, per, yeah. pursue a run for for Senate, which would be a little bit easier campaign. Also, it depends on who you would see on the Democratic side. One name that I would not be shocked to see on the Democratic side is LeVar Stoney. Well, I wouldn't say, I wasn't going to say LeVar Stoney, but I was going to say Abigail Spamberger. Well, absolutely. Yeah. uh, Running, running for the Senate. Um, I think it's too early to see Jen, uh, Jennifer McClellan attempt to make a jump Mm, from, from Congress to Senate in, in, One step at a time here yeah. for her. She has to win <laughs> the congressional seat first. Yeah. I think that's pretty much a done deal, but, you know, she still has to win that seat first. I think that would be too too big of a jump. Um, but uh, it's interesting because there really isn't a, you know, a, a super deep uh, Democratic bench right now. If you had talked to me a year ago, I'd say, hey, yeah, maybe there is a, a, a deeper Democratic bench, but uh yeah, I don't know. And, and and in terms of Laura Stoney, I'm not sure that jumping from Richmond mayor to, to, to senator is, to senator is you know, you know, he may want to be then, try to be again, governor first. Yeah. yeah. A certain someone ran, you know, jumped from <laughs> Richmond mayor from unelected Richmond mayor to lieutenant governor. And, and that person is now the person we're talking about right now. So, yeah, right, right. So but it, it'll be interesting. It's something we're going to have to keep an eye out on uh, tomorrow morning to, to, to see what happens there. So, um. Moving off of that, a lot of complex, weird, constantly moving stories today uh, that we had. For sure. And that was, uh, there was one that, uh, I don't know if you're going to talk about this right now or not, but one was kind of developing in the middle of my shift. And then it really wasn't much of a big deal after the, or well, like well, the late it, morning. It, it's continue. It's continue to be an, and actually to, to, to show you some things of, of, of updated. In fact, I just recently got an email from Ford confirming okay. Um, what, uh, you know, what was going on with this situation, the Richmond times dispatched this morning 
had sources saying that Ford had selected Pennsylvania County for their battery plant site prior to Governor Yunkin scuttling the effort. Mm -hmm. Um, The governor scuttled this over concerns about uh, Chinese influence um, in the plant. Basically, they're partnering with the Chinese company. But, uh, you know, this is a big deal if if Ford had selected this site and was bringing 2,500 jobs only for the governor to to reject the 2,500 jobs. Well, Ford has confirmed to us um, and did later this afternoon that they had not made any they had not made any site selection um, as of yet. Um, And definitely not as of when uh, the um, the governor scuttled um, scuttled the project. So. There still remains some back and forth as to whether or not this plant was a good idea and pursuit of it was a good idea. Democrats continue to be highly critical of the governor, saying that Pennsylvania County could use 2,500 jobs. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's a struggling area of the <clears throat> of the Commonwealth. And so you're seeing this still uh, go back and forth on the uh, um, on the House of Delegates floor. I will say that uh, Delegate Terry Kilgore said, hey, you know, this was far from a done deal, which, you know, Ford also also said, and also that this could have with uh, some of the stuff that they would have had to go through to potentially produce this uh, uh, this plant to build this plant could have tied up that site for years with nothing happening and potentially nothing ever happening um, as they dealt with the federal tax uh, uh um, implications and, and workarounds and things like that. And I think uh, if you you know think about uh, a project uh, that was planned for Appomattox and also a, pla- a project that was planned for Chesterfield along the James River, there was a Chinese um, paper plant that was planned on a site. I remember I attended that press conference years ago. Um, Wasn't the, the uh, press release in Chinese? Where I got the entire press release in Chinese, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, you know, years ago. Um, and that site still remains basically empty. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he made a good point that that could tie up a, a, a mega site where, you know, maybe if they had something a little bit firmer, uh, that would be better for, for Pennsylvania County. But that yeah. this is going to be a political football. It's going to be a political football through November and yeah. probably probably into any presidential slash Senate run <laughs> of, uh, of Governor Yunkin. Right. And this story, of course, is not over. And um, it, it's interesting because, you know, mid-morning or so, um, you know, we were we ran this story that the Times Dispatch had quoted sources yeah. saying that this, you know, um, uh, the Ford had already selected Pennsylvania County. It goes to show you that some of these sources that, you know, yeah. uh, that, that journalists use, you know, sometimes can be wrong. Well, and, and, and let's and let's be here clear. Those sources actually could have been correct. Ford they is could saying, have been. No, yeah, we don't we don't know if Ford is Ford is. It, it is denying. We don't know what Ford's position. Right. We, is. We, we don't know who's Ford telling is, the truth. Yeah. yeah. What we'll have what <laughs> Ford is saying. And, and of course, um, you know, obviously we felt this story was important enough, but, you know, talking from the news value of it, we felt this story was important enough to, to put in with the Richmond times dispatch. Oh, um, it's, there is no question. We had to put the credit on there. Yes. And, and why I felt it was necessary to continue the story, even after the story had changed, because we had told you one thing, you know, just dropping it was not correct. We needed to give you the no. other side of the story. People would and say, that, well, how come I, I heard the story earlier? What, what happened to it? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I <laughs> my, my position will always be one credit people when they have good stories. Um, and, and, you know, I believe in their reporting and the Richmond Times Dispatch has good reporters. I'm pretty sure their sources did tell them something right. and there were sources probably within the know. Yeah. Um, 
but I feel feel necessary to, to you know credit them and and make sure that they get the credit they deserve there, but also to make sure that people get all the details all the time. So yeah, right. So moving off from 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 that, um, also we got a statement from the family of the uh, six year old um, that shot the teacher down in Newport News. Some interesting uh, things out of that statement. One. Um, the family says they believe in responsible gun ownership and that the gun was secured, but they didn't explain how the gun was secured and also didn't explain how the gun got into the hands of the six-year-old. And also we learned that the child had special needs and uh, actually had been going to school with a parent up until the week of the shooting. And then that was the first week that they were not there. Wow. Hmm. So. That is, you know, I'm guilty of when this shift, uh, you know, ends that sometimes I don't pay attention. I heard uh, kind of the basics of this story about how, you know, I did hear about the fact that the parents said the gun was secure, but I did not hear about that special needs part. So that uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's an interesting piece right there for right. sure. And they said he, he is in a hospital getting, quote unquote, the help he needs. Mm-hmm. Um they also said that the teacher was great. Yeah, it's like I heard about the, the fact that the, the teacher seemed to be beneficial for the student, but yes. I didn't know exactly yeah. how he, she was beneficial. Had, 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 worked, had worked with the family. Yeah. Um, and they also uh, said that, you know, they're going to regret the decision, not, you know, the, their absence. I shouldn't say the decision, their absence, uh, you know, that week um, and that day for, for the rest of their lives. Now, we don't know why. Well, folks, sorry for the weird disruption there. Uh, this is the first time on the podcast that we've had a uh, Zoom connection issue, and uh, we had trouble getting it back up and working. So we'll continue from where we were. You know, it's just actually now me. I could not get Jeff back uh, back connected so we could continue, continue the discussion. Um, but the long story short was what I was saying was that the, the family um, – Mentioned that he had special needs. We don't know why um, they weren't in that week, uh, but that was the first week they were not um, at the school. And like I, like I said, they'll regret that decision for the rest of their lives not being there the week of the shooting. Moving on to our final story. This is a, a kind of strange and, and complicated story coming out of Chesterfield, where the Commonwealth's attorney announced that she received new evidence um, in the solicitation case um, involving a Virginia Beach pastor she originally had decided not to prosecute this pastor um, down from Virginia Beach, saying that there wasn't enough, ev- wasn't enough evidence in the case. And that ro- rose the ire of both the uh, police chief in Chesterfield, Jeffrey Katz, and also Virginia Beach delegate um, Tim Anderson. Well, she announced today that she was having a, a special prosecutor take a look at the case. Um, this after new evidence came forth in the last uh, last two days. What's interesting is that there's a lot of different political things going on in this story. For one, apparently uh, Delegate Tim Anderson is considering, well, actually, he's he's confirmed that he's potentially considering moving to Chesterfield to run for Commonwealth's attorney um, against uh, Commonwealth's attorney Stacey Davenport over issues not only in this case, but other things that he says that he's seen. Um the police chief, of course, has been uh, pretty vocal on Facebook uh, about uh, the facts of this case. Meanwhile, uh, the uh, the pastor in this case has maintained his innocence. Um, but again, weird story out of out of Chesterfield. We have this this incident involving um, the uh, th- this this sexting 
um, sex sting operation and, uh, you know, whether or not to prosecute uh, this case. So that was uh, the big story out of Chesterfield today. Um, again, you know, the story that we'll be keeping an eye on for tomorrow is whatever uh, Senator Tim Kaine decides. But we'll make sure that you have the latest on that. So, again, sorry for the little disruption there uh, about three quarters of the way through. I apologize for that. Again, for Jeff Stapleton, who is not here to uh, sign off himself, I'm News Director Matt Demline. It's news to us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.